This is episode 630 of the AWS podcast, released on October 16, 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. So I'm Lee with you. Great to have you back. And joined, of course, by my two amazing co-hosts, firstly, Horn Wing Longren. G'day, Horn. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am great. And Gillian Ford, how you doing? Excited to be here. Big updates on this one. Lots of big updates, but first a huge host-based update, and I'm not crying, you're crying. Horn, our amazing co-host, is going to be having a career change, and as is often the case with some of our great Amazonians, moving on to big, better, and different things in their career. And so, Horn, you're unfortunately for us leaving, but for you, uh, new opportunities and new horizons. I would say it's a new chapter, right? So this is not the end, it's only the beginning. And I was telling folks, like, I am not dying here, right? So I'm still around. <laughs> so stay tuned to see what's next with Han Solo. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. It's always great to see great, great folks and great tech folks and great tech leaders move around and spread the goodness and spread the good words. So we do wish you very well and we'll miss you. We will. Also on This Is My Architecture, we'll also miss you too. Absolutely. And again, this is only the beginning. It's a new chapter and this won't be the last that you'll see or hear of me. Well, I'm, I'm thinking there might be a, an opportunity, Gillian, for us to get Horn on as a guest. How's that? Yes. Yes, I know. Uh, Horn, I'm going to miss your intros as a neighborhood friendly Friendly host neighborhood co-host. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still somewhere there in the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Yes, I am in the metaverse of Spider-Verse. You have to see figure out which Spider-Man I am. Oh, my goodness. It's, is that, that Spider-Man pointing to each other? Is that the where we're at now? It's the horns yes, pointing exactly. to each other? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not me, it's you. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, as always, the show must go on. And let's start with the topic of analytics. And there are now generative BI dashboard authoring capabilities available for Amazon QuickSight in preview. Now, first, business analysts using QuickSight can now build visualizations by specifying what they want to see in natural language. So, for example, you can say, show me count of orders in 2023 by city as a map, and that'll instantly render a geographic map visualization automatically configured with the count of orders filtered by 2023. A second use case is a business analyst can build complex calculations in just seconds by specifying the expected outcome in natural language without searching for or experimenting with any of the advanced calculation syntax. And lastly, visualizations on dashboards can be refined and tweaked using natural language prompts. So you're getting hours of point and click operations out the window. You don't have to do it anymore. So these are very cool. These are available in preview at the moment uh, for Amazon QuickSight Q subscribers in US East North Virginia and US West Oregon. So check it out. And the QuickSight team has been busy. They've also introduced contextual row subtotals for pivot tables, the support for tagging users for cost allocations. It also now supports freeze and unfreeze columns in tables. Great when you're scrolling like crazy. And it also now adds new layout and sparkline to the KPI visual. Now, I'm a huge fan of sparklines. I think they're one of the greatest ways to communicate trends over time rather than just seeing numbers. So you now have this user-friendly onboarding experience, which means you can select from pre-designed KPI layouts that are tailored to various use cases and configurations. So it means you get up and running very, very quickly. And Amazon Redshift announces role-based access control support in workload management. So now when you run your Amazon Redshift queries or your users run those queries in the database, their queries are routed to the query queue that's associated with their user role. 
And you can use workload management to define the number of query queues that are available, how they're routed uh, for processing, and that helps you manage your environment much more effectively. Amazon Kinesis Data Firehose now integrates with Amazon MSK to offer a fully managed solution that simplifies the processing and delivery of streaming data from Amazon MSK Apache Kafka clusters into data lakes stored on Amazon S3. In fact, it probably took me longer to describe it to you than it will take to set it up so you can just stream that data across. And Amazon Managed Streaming for Apache Kafka, Amazon MSK, now supports version 3.5.1 for new and existing clusters bug fixes, new features, performance, why wouldn't you? And Amazon EMR Serverless now introduces application-wide default job configurations. And also AWS LakeFormation has announced the general availability of hybrid access mode for AWS Glue Data Catalog. This feature gives you the flexibility to selectively enable LakeFormation for databases and tables in your AWS Glue Data Catalog. Before this, you had to move all the existing users of a table into LakeFormation in a single step, which meant there was some coordination. Now you can do an incremental path so you can do it for a specific set of users without interrupting existing users or workloads. And some updates for AWS Glue. AWS Glue Studio now supports custom icons. It also can now identify records that failed the custom SQL rule type. And AWS Glue Interactive Sessions has released a new kernel and support for IAM conditionals. So there are four new kernel magics, assume role, tag, session types, and matplot, and these are available in the kernel version one or later. And you can now use conditionals to manage how people access their sessions and what limitations there are on there. And finally, the Amazon OpenSearch service now provides improved visibility into auto-tune actions. Now, this is not singing auto-tune. This is an adaptive resource management system that automatically updates open search service domain resources to improve efficiency and performance. So for example, auto-tune optimizes the memory-related configurations such as queue sizes, cache sizes, and JVM settings on your nodes. And with this launch, we have published new auto-tune metrics that track and publish changes made by auto-tune actions to Amazon CloudWatch. You can now audit the history of the changes, track them in real time, and OpenSearch service now publishes the details of the changes to Amazon EventBridge as well when tuning settings are recommended or applied as well. And these will be visual, visible, I should say, under the notifications view in the Amazon OpenSearch service console. And I mentioned OpenSearch service because if you are going deep into the world of large language models and particularly retrieval augmented generation, then you'll know that vector storage of data is important and Amazon OpenSearch service is a great place to do that. I've been using it a lot lately. Super simple to set up and get underway with. Up next is application integration. Amazon SNS Message Data Protection is a set of capabilities that leverage pattern matching, machine learning models, and content policies to help security and engineering teams facilitate real-time data protection in their applications. Now you can de-identify outbound message data within a payload in real-time via data redaction or masking. With message data protection for Amazon SNS, you can discover and protect certain types of personally identifiable information and protected health information data that is in motion between your applications. You can use Amazon SNS message data protection to provide detailed audit reports of findings, block message delivery, and de-identify data within inbound or outbound message payloads. 
Amazon SNS also supports AWS CloudTrail data event logging for the publish and published batch API actions. And now for Amazon Simple Queue Service. So we've announced support for attribute-based access control for the Hyderabad, Melbourne, Spain, Zurich, and U.S. GovCloud regions. This enables customers to bolster their overall security posture, where through tags to configure access permissions and policies. With flexibility of using multiple tags in your security policies, you can now set more granular access permissions reflecting your organizational structures. And last is Amazon MQ now supports RabbitMQ version 3.11.2. Right now, let's talk business. Business applications, that is. Amazon Chime adds waiting room capability to further secure your meetings. Amazon Chime's new waiting room adds another layer of privacy to all your meetings. Now, anonymous users that attempt to join your meetings are sent to the waiting room until you and another attendee from your company admits them in. Registered and signed in attendees who are invited still receive auto calls and join your meetings without going through the waiting room. Amazon Chime SDK now provides improved audio playback across high-loss networks. And finally, Amazon Chime SDK now supports sending WebRTC audio to Amazon Kinesis video streams. Up next is Compute. So Amazon EC2 M2 Pro Mac instances are now generally available. These instances deliver up to 35% faster performance over the existing M1 Mac instances when building and testing applications for Apple platforms such as iOS and macOS. M2 Pro Mac instances are powered by the AWS Nitro system and are built on Apple M2 Pro Mac mini computers featuring 12-core CPU, 19-core GPU, 32 gigabytes of memory, and 16-core Apple Neural Engine. You can now inject random EC2 spot instance interruptions into your spot fleets directly from the Amazon EC2 console. So spot instances enable you to run compute workloads on Amazon EC2 at a discount in exchange for returning the spot instances when Amazon EC2 needs a capacity back. I personally love recommending spot instances to customers when they're doing machine learning or batch analytics workloads, and particularly to help them to be able to reduce those costs. Totally. You should you should always use spot wherever you can. <laughs> like that's just like Absolutely. a go-to. <laughs> 100% agree. Yeah. Now, the important thing to note is that it's always possible that your spot instances may be interrupted. So you should ensure that your application is prepared for a spot instance interruption. And back in 2022, we launched the ability for you to use ABUS Fault Injection Simulator in the EC2 console to simulate what happens when Amazon EC2 reclaims a single EC2 spot instance. And now, we have enhanced this capability so you can introduce interruptions in a randomly select set of instances of a spot fleet with just a couple clicks. So this makes it easy to test if your spot fleet's based application is resilient against the random nature of spot interruptions. AWS Compute Optimizer now supports 153 new EC2 instance types as well as multi-attached EBS volumes. I had no idea we had even that many instance types. It's wild. We have way more than uh, that. It's uh, I think it's about 500 more. now from memory. It's, 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 it's a oh lot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is a lot. I I can't. Actually, no, I, I tell a lot. I think we have over 600 now. 
Over 600. Wow, that's crazy. So next is Amazon EKS and Amazon EKS Distro now support Kubernetes version 1.28. And the last one in compute is if you're using AWS Batch, you're probably familiar with the Describe Job Definitions API call to list your Batch jobs. Now there's a new field called status, which makes it easy to filter your jobs by either an active or an inactive status. And for the customer engagements, a couple updates here on Amazon Connect Contact Lens. Amazon Contact Lens launches permissions for agents to view their own contacts. Amazon Connect Contact Lens now enables supervisors to manage in-progress contacts. Amazon Connect Contact now supports searching for in-progress contacts. And last, Amazon Connect launches CloudFormation support for security profiles. Now let's talk databases. DynamoDB Global Tables is now available in all AWS regions. So customers can now create their global tables with replicas in all AWS regions. Now, if you're not across this, this is why we're mentioning it as part of this release, Global Tables provides multi-active, multi-region data replication that delivers increased resiliency, improved business continuity, and fast local read and write performance for globally distributed applications. Global Tables eliminates the undifferentiated heavy lifting of replicating between regions, enabling you to easily create architectures resilient to isolation of an entire region without the need for database failover. And Global Tables is ideal for applications that require the highest availability and lowest latency in all regions, so things like financial services and social media, etc. This is a capability that I cannot begin to tell you how amazing it is. Like, it's really easy to use. I've used it myself and the engineering underneath to make this work, I'm sure Horn and, and Jillian, you guys have also faced this, you know, doing anything where you've got to coordinate between different sites and databases, updates and reads, not easy. <laughs> yeah, this just happens. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially with many microservices and orchestrations of the app mesh, it's definitely been a challenge. It is amazing. There is now also a capability for incremental export to S3 for Amazon DynamoDB. So this means you can export only the data that's changed within a specified time interval. So you can export data that was inserted, updated, or deleted in small increments. And you can export changed data ranging from a few megabytes to terabytes with just a few clicks, or the API call, or the CLI as well. You just choose a DynamoDB table that has point-in-time recovery enabled, you specify the export time period for which you want the incremental data, choose your bucket, and away you go. Amazon RDS Custom for SQL Server now supports changing the server-level collation. Amazon DocumentDB with MongoDB compatibility now supports JSON schema validation. And Amazon DocumentDB with MongoDB compatibility supports in-place major version upgrades. So you can now go from DocumentDB versions 3, 6, and 4 to version 5. Instead of backing up and restoring, you can go straight to it. And you can now generate human-readable sample data with NoSQL Workbench. Now, this is really useful. If you use Amazon DynamoDB, you must use this tool. The ability to generate sample data enables you to create realistic demos and test your application access patterns under conditions that closely simulate a production environment. You can use the NoSQL Workbench to generate sample data to visualize if your data model design and item collections will fulfill your application's access patterns. During application development, you'll also want to test your application can function and handle use cases with enough data. So this helps you generate the volume and variety of data that you'll need to test your code. You can directly deploy your data models with sample data to Amazon DynamoDB and DynamoDB Local 
or download the sample data as CSV files for later use. This is very, very cool. Now we are on to developer tools. So Swift Package Manager support in-code artifact is generally available. Swift is the language of choice for developing applications on the Apple platform, and the Swift Package Manager is used to distribute source code in the Swift ecosystem. With Swift PM support in-code artifact, developers can publish and download their Swift package dependencies to their code artifact repository. Amazon Coretto 21 is now generally available. This long-term support version supports the latest Java release, OpenJDK 21, and is available on Linux, Windows, and Mac OS. Some highlights of OpenJDK 21 include virtual threads, DNS stale caching, and sequenced collections. AWS Application Composer now supports all one thousand plus AWS CloudFormation resources. Wow, that's a lot. AWS CloudMap introduces new API for retrieving service revision. And AWS App Runner launches improvements for auto-scaling, configuration management. And last one is AWS App Runner adds support for monorepos. And now putting things front and center with front end web and mobile. Amazon Location Service announces a price reduction of up to 75% for tracking and geofencing. Amazon Location Service announced a price reduction of up to 75% for tracking position rights and up to 70% for geofence evaluation, depending on your usage levels. Developers can use Amazon Location Trackers to track the current and historic location of devices in order to optimize operations such as asset management and delivery dispatch. They can evaluate location updates from their devices against their geofences to detect and act when a track device enters or exits a geographical boundary. This event-driven setup makes it easy for application to scale in size and sophistication as needed. And finally, announcing AWS Amplify JavaScript v6 developer preview, which includes reduced bundle sizes, richer TypeScript supports, and integration with Next.js server-side features. The AWS Amplify JavaScript library enables front-end developers to connect their web and React native apps to AWS Cloud backends. In this developer preview, Amplify JavaScript now offers richer TypeScript support for auth, analytics, and storage categories. Apps using this developer preview will be served with smaller bundle sizes, Amplify JavaScript v6 also introduces an integration with Next.js server-side features such as app router, middleware, API routes, and server functions. Now let's talk about game tech. We're happy to announce the Amazon GameLift plugin for Unreal Engine. So now you can do this with a standalone plugin for UE. Now, Amazon GameLift is a fully managed service that lets developers quickly manage and scale dedicated game servers for multiplayer games. With this release, Amazon GameLift plugin for Unreal Engine supports Unreal Engine 5, 5.1, and 5.2 for Windows and Mac OS. The GameLift plugin for Unreal Engine includes the updated Amazon GameLift SDK 5 Plus APIs, which allows customers to build, test, and deploy their games in the Unreal Engine editor. In addition, the updated plugin is designed to work with Amazon GameLift Anywhere, which enables developers to test and iterate Unreal Engine games, builds faster, and to manage their game sessions across different server hosting infrastructures, including in the cloud, on-premises, or hybrid. 
In addition, the plugin user interface includes a new navigation experience with a bootstrap workflow to improve Amazon GameLift setup and deployment. And so this gives you even more flexibility, power, and ease of use when it comes to building, testing, and deploying your game servers within Unreal Engine. And now for all the things, Internet of Things. AWS IoT Core for LoRaWAN announces support for public LoRaWAN Networks GA. With this update, you can connect your LoRaWAN devices to the cloud using public available LoRaWAN networks provided by every net, a LoRaWAN network operator, without deploying and operating a private LoRaWAN network. The public LoRaWAN network is provided as a service and operated by Evernet. And by adding this public network support, public customers can choose within the AWS console to use Evernetwork network. AWS IoT Core for LoRaWAN is a fully managed LoRaWAN network server that allows you to connect wireless devices that use low power, long range, wide area network LoRaWAN technology to the cloud. With a new integration, you can choose to use the existing public network provided by Evernet to connect your LoRaWAN devices to the cloud and save on development costs and time. By including support for public LoRaWAN networks within AWS IoT Core for LoRaWAN, you do not need to interface with third-party network providers to begin using public network. And you can manage your network subscription costs through the AWS billing system. AWS IoT Core for LoRaWAN now supports Evernet's network coverage in the US and UK. AWS IoT Core Rules Engine announces capability to retrieve source IP of an IoT client. And finally, AWS IoT Core introduces support for headers in Rules Engine's Kafka action. Now let's talk about machine learning and some apologies if you can hear a lot of rain in the background. It is absolutely building down here. So uh, it's uh, just something we have to deal with. Let's talk about machine learning and a huge announcement. Amazon Bedrock is now generally available. Now this is the easiest way to build and scale generative AI applications with foundation models. Amazon Bedrock is a fully managed service that offers a choice of high-performing foundation models from leading AI companies, including AI21 Labs, Anthropic, Cohere, Meta, Stability AI, and Amazon, along with a broad set of capabilities that you need to build generative AI applications, simplifying development whilst maintaining privacy and security. And Amazon Bedrock is the first to offer Llama 2, Meta's large language models, in fine-tuned 13 billion and 70 billion parameter versions as a fully managed API. And these are really useful models for dialogue use cases. Been using these a lot myself. To help you accelerate deploying generative AI into production, provision throughput is available in Amazon Bedrock, which provides you the flexibility and control to reserve throughput, input and output tokens per minute, and maintain a consistent user experience even during peak traffic times. So for customers building in highly regulated industries, Amazon Bedrock has achieved HIPAA eligibility and GDPR compliance. It's also integrated with Amazon CloudWatch to help you track usage metrics and to build customized dashboards for audit purposes, and with CloudTrail to monitor and troubleshoot API activity as you integrate other systems into your generative AI applications. It's available now in US East North Virginia and US West Oregon. I've been using it myself, and it is way easier to get going now. Amazon Titan Embeddings is also now generally available, and this is a text embeddings model that converts natural language text, including single words, phrases, or even large documents, into numerical representations that can be used to power use cases such as search, personalization, and clustering based on semantic similarity. Optimized for text retrieval to enable retrieval augmented generation or RAG use cases, 
Amazon Titan Embeddings enables you to first convert your text data into numerical representations or vectors and then use those vectors to accurately search for relevant passages from a vector database, allowing you to make the most of your proprietary data in combination with other foundation models. Titan Embeddings support more than 25 languages, including English, Chinese, and Spanish. You can input up to 8,192 tokens, which means it's really suitable for working with single word phrases or entire documents based on your use case. And the model returns output vectors of 1,536 dimensions, which gives it a high degree of accuracy while also optimizing for low latency, cost-effective results. Because Titan Embeddings is available via Amazon Bedrock's serverless experience, you can easily access it using a single API without managing any infrastructure. We're also happy to announce model retraining for Amazon Lookout for equipment. So now you can retrain your existing model rather than having to do an update for a new model. And Amazon TextRect has launched a layout feature to extract paragraphs, titles, and more from documents. Amazon SageMaker Canvas now offers a quicker and more user-friendly way to create machine learning models for time series forecasting. With its visual point-and-click interface, business analysts can easily create ML models for insights and predictions without running any code or having any prior ML models. It supports multiple use cases, including time series forecasting used in sectors like retail, manufacturing, and finance, by combining statistical and ML algorithms to generate highly accurate forecasts. And now these upgrades have taken place that enable faster model training and predictions and support programmatic access. And compared to previous versions, you can now train a forecasting model up to 50% faster across various benchmark data sets, which saves on average 110 minutes for data batches of up to 100 meg. Generating predictions is also up to 45% faster, cutting the prediction time from an average of 15 minutes for a typical batch of 750 time series. And additionally, you can now regenerate predictions from an existing model by simply adding recent data without having to retrain the model. And finally, Amazon SageMaker Model Monitor now supports one-time monitoring jobs for quick troubleshooting. Just run it on demand and get your stuff fixed. And to put everything in order, management and governance. Usability improvements and navigation bar enhancement for the AWS Management Console. We launched four usability improvements and enhancement in the AWS Management Console. And the usability improvement include descriptive page titles and high-resolution favicons that display in the browser tab for a AWS console page. We also updated the navigation bar to include a display option for a favorite icon size and a new settings menu. With this launch, the link to unified setting is moving from the account menu to the new setting menu shown as a gear icon in the navigation bar. AWS System Manager Fleet Manager RDP now supports up to 1080 pixel resolution. Analyze multi-account app health with CloudWatch Application Insights. Customers can now monitor and troubleshoot application environments that span multiple accounts within a region using Amazon CloudWatch Application Insight, which is super useful. CloudWatch Application Insight helps customers gain actual insights for their application environments by making it easier for them to set up and monitor recognize problems, and use data to make decisions. With this release, customers can analyze and correlate across account telemetry data and problems through a centralized view of the monitoring results across their accounts. Super helpful for those who have multiple, multiple organization for sure. AWS System Manager Ops Center identifies the most issue-prone resources. Ops Center, a capability of AWS System Manager, offers a new insight which automatically identifies resource with the most operational issues ops item. 
This insight helps cut through event noise so that customers can focus their efforts on fixing the most issue-prone resources. Ops Center Ops Operational Insight feature groups related operational insights into an insight. Ops Center generates insight when it detects duplicate operational items or event sources that are particularly noisy. Ops Center also generates insight for resources that are experiencing the most operational issues. And finally, Amazon CloudWatch adds new metric math for RDS performance insights. Now to the topic of migration and transfer. The AWS Migration Hub Orchestrator now supports Microsoft SQL Server transaction logs. So now you can select the transaction log as one of the backup types and create a migration workflow based upon the predefined template and run the workflow step-by-step, which will accelerate your SQL Server migration and reduce downtime during cutover to AWS. And AWS Application Migration Service now supports automated agent installation. So you can do this directly from the application migration service console. The MGN connector helps you initialize the migration process when executing large migration projects, including verifying the agent installation prereqs and automating the deployment across your inventory. And it's fully managed from the application migration service console. Additionally, you can now display resource tags within the source servers, applications, and waves tables in the console. This gives you high visibility for important attributes, which means you can filter on them. And you can now also migrate servers running Amazon Linux 2023 and those using kernel versions up to 6.1. An update on the topic of network and content delivery. Amazon CloudFront announces security recommendations. You can now better protect your CloudFront distributions with AWS WAF security recommendations in the CloudFront console. And CloudFront conveniently displays additional security rules for your distributions based on elements of your CloudFront configuration, including path patterns or your origin type. You just select the rules you'd like to enable and it will automatically add these to your AWS WAF configuration. So this helps you get up and running quickly. Speaking of which, CloudFront also recently launched one-click security protections to handle creation and configuring of AWS WAF with out-of-the-box protections so you can get up and running really quickly and now you'll see additional recommendations based on your CloudFront configuration so for example if you've configured a cache behavior with a WordPress path pattern you can enable protections that block malicious request patterns associated with the exploitation of vulnerabilities specific to WordPress PHP and SQL databases additionally to help protect against HTTP floods we've added a guided workflow to rate limit requests when they're coming in at too fast a rate the workflow starts in monitor mode to capture metrics tells you if your rate was exceeded, including how often and by how much, and allows you to adjust the rate or enable blocking without leaving the console. A quick update for quantum technologies. Amazon Bracket now provides real-time visibility into quantum task and hybrid job queues. So you can now understand the queue lengths and your individual queue position, which gives you greater transparency into when your workload will run. Uh, Basically, today in the experimental era, quantum processing units or QPUs are scarce resources. And Amazon Bracket gives you access to QPUs and managed simulators through an on-demand shared queues with high-priority access for variational workloads submitted as hybrid jobs. Prior to this launch, you didn't have visibility into how many quantum tasks or hybrid jobs were ahead of your submitted workload. Now you can see it. And I'll avoid the obvious joke about trying to figure out whether something's in or out of a quantum queue. Now for security, identity, and compliance. 
Amazon Macy adds support for discovering more types of sensitive data. Amazon Macy has introduced new managed data identifiers to expand its capability for discovering and identifying Stripe API keys, Google Cloud API keys, driver's license in India, and national identification number in India in Amazon Simple Storage Service, S3. Understanding the presence and location of such data in your S3 storage helps you better plan data security, governance, privacy of your organization. With over 100 plus managed data identifiers, Macy help protect your sensitive data at scale. AWS WAF now supports JA3 fingerprint match. Now this enables customers to inspect incoming request JA3 fingerprints. Customers can use JA3 match to implement custom logic to block malicious clients or allow requests from expected clients only. Customers could already use WAF match condition to inspect the content of request headers and compare its origins against the provided criteria. As customers strive to enhance their security measures, they have asked for SSL and TLS inspection capabilities so they can detect specific fingerprints with encrypted traffic. Now, WAF customers can use JA3 match to analyze unique TLS handshake characteristics. And finally, IAM Rules Anywhere Credential Helper now supports PKCS 11 module. Really excited about this one because this will help with financial transaction for FinServe and payment, payment customers. And finally, on the final topic, storage, and a quick one, but important as well. Amazon S3 now provides the last modified time of delete markers in the response header of S3 head and get APIs. For buckets that use S3 versioning, when a customer issues delete request without a version ID specified, S3 adds a delete marker in the latest version of the object to protect data from accidental deletion, which I've done a couple of times, so glad about this feature. <laughs> never, never make a mistake. Never. Now that brings us to the end of the episode. Now the eagle eared amongst you will notice that you haven't heard from Jillian for the second half of the show, and that's because her internet died halfway through the show. But luckily because we were running a three-host AZ architecture, Things continued unabated, didn't they? Multi-AZ <laughs> works. Now, Horn, again, we wish you well. And we wish you all the best for your new endeavors and you will not, definitely not be a stranger on the podcast. How do people reach out to you to keep track of where you've gone and what you're doing? Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Simon, for being the inspiration. So I will just say this, that you are the meeting in our podcast. You are the inspiration. <laughs> thank you. Definitely should do a karaoke. How do people find you, Horn? You can reach out to me at my Twitter handler at Solo underscore one. That's fantastic. And if you want to give us feedback, the old-fashioned way, Podcast at Amazon.com is the way. Also, a link on our webpage where you can leave audio feedback if you want to. And, of course, we wish Horn all the best. And until next time, keep on building.